catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Tuesday morning, June 7th. I'm Nathaniel Wilson. And I'm Matthew Bell. And this is The Point from WUFT News. In December of 2020, UF freshman Maggie Paxson was walking on University Avenue when a car struck and killed her. Nearly six months later, authorities arrested 32-year-old Joshua Figueroa on charges of hit-and-run and leaving the scene of an accident. Now, to get an update, I spoke with WUFT reporter Troy Myers about the case and his coverage. Here's Troy. Yeah, so the case, we're going to look at um, the civil suit and what happened with uh, the family, the Paxton family, suing the defendant's father, Miguel Figueroa. We're going to provide a breakdown of what happened with that, and then we're also going to do a deep dive into the actual criminal investigation. We're looking at uh, body camera footage that GPD has provided to us, and we're looking at multiple points of views of different officers that were there that night on the scene while they document evidence, and um, we're going to look at the Sergeant Kirkow's interviews with multiple friends of the defendant. So yeah, she was look- she was interviewing friends of Figueroa and basically trying to find out if the defendant has talked to any of his friends about what happened that night. And then we also have footage of detectives at Mark Payton's house, who is a friend of Joshua Figueroa. And phone records show that Figueroa actually called his friend Mark Payton that night, roughly 15 minutes after the accident. And Payton does remember that conversation, but doesn't give the detectives any specific details, really. So we're going to provide a breakdown of what happened during that uh, that interview right there. And then the very next day, detectives made an arrest. They arrested Figueroa at his aunt's house, and we have the footage from that the entire conversation between officers and Figueroa as they take him downtown. And then we also provide a little breakdown of how exactly detectives were able to locate the car, the actual technology they used behind that, which is kind of a new technology that Gainesville has employed over the last, I think, couple of years. And uh, what is that technology? Yeah, the technology, they're automated license plate readers. So basically this technology, they have cameras all over the city, And if I'm remembering correctly, these cameras capture license plates and they also capture a view of the car so you can see what the make and model of the car is. And it stores those images for about three years or so. And these cameras can basically, they can single out one person they're looking for and they can provide basically their entire day-to-day life, they can reconstruct it pretty much. They can see where they live, um, frequently traveled routes. They can see, you know, what routes you take to work. So that's kind of the technology they were able to use to see what cars were in the area that night and then basically look at what cars were not seen after that night. And Figueroa's was not seen. His, His car was actually only seen once after that night that Maggie was hit. But before that, the 19 priors, the 19 nights, 19 days prior to the accident, his car was captured roughly 50 times, I believe. So right after the night of the accident, they noticed that his car was not seen anywhere in the city. And what charges does Joshua Figueroa face specifically? Yeah, so he's facing the hit and run charges, leaving the scene of an accident, also involving death. So that's a minimum of about four years and I think 10 years on probation. What do you know about Figueroa's change of plea? 
Yeah, so I was actually in the courtroom that day listening to the witness statements, and ultimately the judge decided to deny the change of plea. He said this is not a minimum case, and he did not accept the punishment that was um, basically presented before him that day. And I think he is taking into consideration what has happened to the family all those months with no arrest, no closure whatsoever. So I think um, I think those witness statements, honestly, I'm, I mean, it had an impact on me and I'm sure it had an impact on everybody in the room there. So I, it'd be hard for the judge not to take those witness statements and all of the facts of the case into consideration. Based on your reporting, how has the community received this case? Yeah, so every time, you know, every time I see a story about uh, Maggie Paxton, whether it's on the Alligator, WUFT, the Gainesville Sun, there's always um, there's always kind of a personal reaction for people in Gainesville, because you know, especially for students, she was one of the students there, and she was also very very young. And there's also a whole crowd here in Jacksonville where she grew up that is very very passionate about finding justice for her. So I think the community has kind of taken it personally that, you know, they want to finally find justice for what happened to Maggie. And I can't blame them, especially the students, because in the courtroom back on April 18th, I believe, basically the whole courtroom was filled with her sorority sisters, her friends, uh, also family members as well. So, you know, it's very, very personal, I think, for students. That was Troy Myers, the WUFT reporter covering the Paxton hit and run case. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. A Marion County developer is looking to rezone several acres in the hopes of building more housing units despite local opposition. John Rudnian's request for a land use change will be heard by the Marion County Board of Commissioners today. According to the Ocala Gazette, Rudnian is looking to shift from medium residential to urban residential for a parcel located northwest of Lake Lewis. Some Ocala residents are pushing back against the rezoning, citing negative impacts to neighborhood roads, overall traffic patterns, school capacity, and the surrounding environment. UF students are currently waiting to enter the country of Japan to study abroad. On March 1, 2022, Japan reopened to all international travelers, excluding tourists after closing its borders during the pandemic. Four students were able to go to Japan this spring, and 17 more students have been confirmed to go this summer. Governor Ron DeSantis with a reminder, you have through Friday to stock up on disaster supplies without having to pay state sales tax. Take advantage of that. I mean, you see situations where all of a sudden a hurricane will be bearing down on Florida. Everyone's rushing to get the, the supplies. Well, it's just harder to do when everybody's doing it. The disaster preparedness tax holiday includes coolers, batteries, flashlights, and this year, pet supplies. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org for more information. I'm Matthew Bell. And I'm Nathaniel Wilson. And you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida. Have a great Tuesday.